COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up two to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. You can also find me on Twitter at IcySativaPod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, and more. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. A special thanks to our current patrons and supporters. Shout out to friends of the show Reefer Revolution for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our new Patreon and friend of the show Gracie Gatto. Shout out also to Joy One Love 420, also a friend of the show and founder of Keystone State Reviews, becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. We also have been recently syndicated by friend of the show, Russ Belfill, and will now be featured weekly on Radical Russ Radio right before his show from Monday, 7 a.m., Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 11 a.m., Thursday, 1 p.m., and Friday, 3 p.m., all mountain times. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Facts on the Ground. I'm Jesse Zorwell, joined, as always, by my co-host, Misty Winston. And today we're talking to Dan Scotland, and he is the person behind the Cannabis Sativa podcast, which is an indie populist advocacy-oriented podcast that discusses cannabis news and politics as well as in-depth medical and scientific discussion of various ailments and diseases. Additionally, Dan interviews everyday people about their medical cannabis journeys, as well as discusses 
preferred methods of ingestion and tips on how to treat specific illnesses with cannabis. Uh, the Cannabis Sativa podcast is a peer-oriented space for MMJ patients to share information and knowledge amongst each other. So we're going to talk today with Dan about weed. Dan, thanks. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for joining us. Thank I'm you. such a child. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. I kind of want to open this up in like a broad, on like a broad base topic. Um, and then we can kind of get into the nitty gritty of stuff. Where do we stand right now? Like how many states do we have with at least some level of legalization? Do you know? Um, we have about, I want to say like it's in the high thirties in terms of, of medical. Um, there are a couple of states that have like CBD only laws. I, I don't really count those as medical, but um, right. 30 something, 30 something medical states. And I believe 15 recreational. Nice. That's actually a lot more than I was expecting to hear. Cause I didn't look, uh, look, look into that before we talked. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to kind of see where we were at, but that's a lot more than I expected to be honest. I mean, it, it's been like a really slow go process. What do you make of that? I mean, it's, um, you know, it, to me, it seems obvious. Is it, do you, I mean, do you think it's just mostly because pharmaceutical companies are <laughs> lobbying their way against it? Um, I think it's a it's a it's a cornucopia of things. It's um you know it's I think the biggest reason is because it's like it's 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 cultural and it's sort of racial in a in a sense too because of Henry Aslinger saying oh well you know it's gonna it's gonna bring more minorities and it's gonna make them think that they're like the white man or whatever. And I still think that a lot of politicians specifically in red states like they they know that it's uncouth to to say that that's the reason that they're against it but um i don't know it just it just feels like they're still operating on that oh we don't want to change the character of our state oh you know uh, um we don't trust i mean we're gonna lose money with big pharma or big alcohol or whatever and real real adults drink alcohol and i feel like that's a lot of it <laughs> Mm-hmm. And 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 yeah. how much how much do you how much of that do you think stems from just a general ignorance uh on the part of these politicians who've maybe tried weed or or maybe have not and, and don't understand it and understand that essentially it's a it's a a plant with so many uh, therapeutic qualities to it. Do you think they just is just ignorance on their part, or or a mixture of ignorance and, uh, as you said, trying to stick to this narrative that you know weed is for scumbags, essentially. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I definitely think it's I I think it's I think it's both. Um, there I think it's a lot of a lot of it is just you know ignorance. A lot of it is just, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just that we haven't done it in so long. Um, we we're politicians. Our, our our peers are other politicians that haven't done it in forever, and you know they're sort of in an eco chamber. Now, like, it does seem that some politicians, like, if they're, 
like we had one case in our state where one of like the people like after because I live in Massachusetts where we legalize and um, one of the politicians that helped delay um, our legalization like he like we prime like we primaried him with a with an op- opponent that was more pro cannabis and then um once once we did that he he, he kind of ran scared and he kind of he he's been he's been more pro cannabis in our state legislature so i do think like when politicians see oh we can lose our jobs over this they do mm. sort of change their tune and um i've done a number of sort of direct action with 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 um other organizations in massachusetts and a lot are a lot of our officials that were in charge of implementing um, recreational most of them voted against legalization and they were against it so they were hostile to us from the start but um towards um but we kept we kept doing a lot of direct action we kept you know posting memes we kept writing to them we kept testifying and eventually we got we got some wins so um it, I mean, it's a combination of that, their biases and, and, and the people putting public pressure on them that I feel helps. That's a really good point, actually, because I think a lot of them, um, uh, I think some of them, they have no idea. Like, they just don't get it. They're, a lot of, I mean, we have a very old um, uh, Congress. Like, the, the what is it? The average age in Congress is like 70-something. Like, these are, it's an older generation. Like, they don't get it. Um, but like you're right. Geriatric they, park. Yeah. Like Jurassic <laughs> park. <laughs> it really is. It's like it's like a senior citizen's home, um, but they have a lot of power. You know, it's yeah. terrifying. Um, but yeah, I think that they're so. Um, it's just a, it's generational a little bit. Um, but I, uh, you're absolutely right. If you threaten their job, they will change their mind. And I personally do not believe in electoral politics as far as, um, you know, voting for people. But um, I still vote because I go and I vote. Well, I'll go vote if there are, you know, um, local issues like this. This is an issue that you can make a difference on going to vote because um, you're right. They don't want to lose their jobs. And so, yeah, you put public pressure on them and you tell them we're not going to vote for you and we're going to run somebody against you who's on our side. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll, that's how you change their mind. So, I mean, this is one of those, I mean, kudos to you for doing the work and like putting in the legwork and the groundwork to get that kind of change in your own state. Like that's, I mean, that's what activism is, um, you know, but I think that we're seeing, uh, you know, a, I think the shift is happening more rapidly now. Have you been seeing that too? Like it started as like this really slow, like, Okay, maybe we'll accept this. Okay, maybe we'll change these laws. But now it seems to be like it's like state after state after state seems to be coming out with some kind of legislation or ballot measure or something. Have you been seeing that too? Yeah, um, I'm like the the change has been like very very like rapid. Um, like growing up, like I mean, I'm only in my early 30s, but like I grew up with Dare. I grew up with. I grew mm-hmm. up. In, <laughs> I grew up in like the tail end of um what's the name um when they used to have like after school specials on on, on the air like I grew up in the tail end of that so like I yeah. still <laughs> I still sort of yeah remember. I, I I had to suffer through the dare program as well I did too I still have my shirt you guys I do <laughs> yes, I still have my shirt from did. I think it's sixth grade um I don't know why I still have it. I still have my dare shirt. <laughs> it's so weird. It's very bizarre. What a dumb program. Oh. Yeah, we would have a local police officer come, Officer yeah. Mandela, who is who is actually a woman. Um, not that that matters, but it was interesting at that time. 
because this was early 90s. Uh, yeah. I was in, in grade school. But yeah, it was just the typical indoctrination of all drugs are bad. You know, no scientific analysis, no assessment of any kind, uh, no substance. But uh, anyway, just to add my own anecdote to that. <laughs> yeah, there was a <laughs> just such a waste of money and time and effort. Interesting, though. Um, so I wanted to kind of shift gears to and talk, can we talk a little bit about, um, cause I, I don't think people know how many, um, medical ailments, diseases, whatever, uh, you know, medical marijuana can help with medical, you know, cannabis can help with. So, you know, can we kind of talk about some of that? I mean, I know it's like, there's no way we could list them all, but let's like go into some of those and talk about how people can, you know, really use these things to benefit themselves in their own lives. Cause I think that's what helps to change minds too, is when you talk to people about how this will actually benefit them, <laughs> you know, people are selfish. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, and while you answer that, I have to go help my kid. I'm so sorry, but feel free to go ahead and answer. I'm sorry. This is what happens when you're a mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um. So, so yeah, I mean, there's a variety, like, I'm, I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything, but there's, there's so many different like illnesses that it, it helps with. Like, um, mm -hmm. like, you know, for me, I, I've had, I've had insomnia for quite a bit of time. So it's, it's helped with that. Um, you know, um, what's the name? Epi seizures and epilepsy, um, autism spectrum, um, in, a, in a number of very, very conservative states where, you know, their programs are very restrictive. Like even those states have added, you know, autism spectrum or um, uh, seizure disorder for, for medical marijuana. So um, there's that. Um, I believe it helps with uh, migraines. It helps with chronic pain. It helps with, um, you know, fibromyalgia, I've heard. Um, helps with, you know, Crohn's and colitis. Um, trying to think what else. Um, traumatic, tra traumatic brain injury. I think, I think people have been saying it's been helping with, like, CT and stuff. And... I mean, those are the ones I can Chemotherapy, I, I know, it, it helps with the yeah. side effects of that. The nausea, uh, the lack, loss of appetite, yeah. yeah. A lot of chemo patients use it. I have a friend who can, luckily he's, he's healthy now and has gone into remission, but he had uh, seri a serious form of cancer and had to go through chemo. And he said that um, marijuana was his, weed was his, the best thing uh as far as dealing with the pain and uh the nausea the, the nausea is the it, big one i, I mean i'm not even kidding i smoke weed if i don't feel good i smoke weed it makes me feel better like if yeah. i feel nauseous i yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Smoke weed. it makes you feel better it does yeah. i mean that's yeah. just straight up but i think there are also and uh dan maybe you can speak to this um a little bit but psychological benefits as well that you know are i think healthier to achieve through marijuana than through antidepressants through these uh, industry manufactured pills that even the people who manufacture them don't quite understand how they work uh can you speak to the psychological benefits of marijuana 
Yeah, um, I, I'm, I, I, I've always sort of been sort of like an anxious sort of person, and I've been using um, CBD a lot during the day to to curb anxiety. Um, I feel that it works a lot better than other things I've been prescribed, such as sort of the antidepressants or um, anti-anxiety medications. Like, um, I definitely feel that like with CBD, it, it gets to the heart of the issue where. As the anti-anxiety medicines, they just they just cure the symptoms. I, I guess mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But I, I feel yeah. like CBD is pretty exhaustive and 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 getting to the heart of why I'm anxious and making it so I can go about my day better than um, a lot of prescription pills. But yeah, I can definitely speak to that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I also use it to help with my depression, my anxiety. It actually helps me. I have severe ADHD. Same. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I have like, I'm really bad. Um, like I'm medicated and it's hard to tell sometimes. Um, <laughs> but it, seriously, um, uh, but we, like, it slows me down. Like it slows me down a little bit in, in my head and it makes it easier for me to focus. It makes it easier for me to stay on a task. It makes me easier. Cause I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm the person who, when I clean, um, like I pick up something from one room and I'm like, Oh, this belongs in the bedroom. So I go to the bedroom and then I start cleaning in there. And then I find something that belongs in the bathroom. So I pick that up and I walk to the bathroom and then I start cleaning in there. So I have like, you know, half done rooms everywhere. And that's kind of like my life. Like that's how everything is. But if I'm high, <laughs> I can slow down a little bit and focus a little bit more. It's not a fail safe. Like I'm still all over the place, but it's better. <laughs> so much better it really is mm. i think jesse i mean you, i mean you could probably speak to that too you deal with a lot of the same stuff i do <laughs> yeah it definitely slows me down with regard to anxiety it also helps put the depression i deal with uh whatever the trigger might be at any given moment it helps me put that into perspective in a more I think balanced way, a more measured way. And there's also depending on, I'm trying to learn more about the different strands and types of weed that are out there and like what works for me and what doesn't. So, um, it's Which is also, all very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot. Fortunately, there's, there are some, <laughs> some good resources that have popped up, yeah. but, um, yeah, it, it, it also, again, depending on the strand, um, it, it helps with creativity. It helps with productivity and there's this, there's still this huge misconception. I think you'd both agree that you smoke weed and you're like, Busy. there's a reason, there's a reason they used to, it used to be commonly referred to as dope, right? Because it's, you smoke weed, you get dopey, but that's really not the truth. Unless you are smoking a particular kind of weed and you want to get dopey, then you can do that. But um, there are ways to to utilize it effectively. And um, Dan, I'd, I'd like to know what you think about that. And also, how did you come to... Uh, be the advocate and activist you are uh, right now? Was there some kind of, 
I hate saying journey because it's so cliche, but that's <laughs> a better word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay. So I um. So I. So I, I started off using it in my college days just for funsies and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I started using it with friends that I had in college and stuff. Um, and I, I would say it was it was sort of helpful back then because, like, I, I, st- I still had the same sort of depression anxiety that I had now. So it, it I would definitely say it it sort of helped it, it sort of helped me in, in tough times in college. But then when I got out of college um, and I had to look for, you know, jobs in the real world, um, I, I I knew that a lot of places were going to drug test. A lot of places were going to have anti-cannabis policies. So I, I kind of went mostly without for a few years. But within those span of years, I had I had very bad in, insomnia. I wasn't really getting I – was, I was having years at a time where I was getting maybe – um, I was sleeping maybe two, three days a week at most. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, I want to say like, okay, we're in 2021. So I want to say like about like four-ish, five years, four-ish, five years ago, like I, I, I got sick and tired of it. So I just, I, I got cannabis from like a, a, a roommate at the time. And then, you know, a couple months later, I got my medical marijuana card and the sh- sticker shock is um i would say most of the east coast outside of maine or whatever and i would even it would even include um ohio too it's like it's mostly big cannabis that runs things it's not like craft mm-hmm. growers like california or, or mm-hmm. colorado so it's it was it's very expensive like in in, in most of the east and you know, I, I, I kind of, that kind of annoyed me. So, you know, that's kind of why I went into my activism to figure out why it's so expensive, you know, who's being paid off, um, you know, how I can make it more accessible for people having journeys like mine that, you know, may not have all the time in the world and, you know, you know, want to research how to get the most out of their money for, for being a patient or whatever and, and trying to get to the heart of what's, what's what's making it so expensive you know what politicians are standing in the way so on and so forth so mm-hmm. i i would say that was sort of my like foray into it yeah that's super interesting too because i've never really thought about i'm just i like i'm used to it being expensive so i don't even really think about it because it's you know it's not it's, I think a lot of people are just grateful to have it, like to even be able to get it at this point, you know? So it's like, oh yeah, I'll pay that. Um, honestly, I, I like still have a dude that I get shit from, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he, you know, like you have to at this point in certain states because um, it you you can't find anything that's decent or like, well, you know, the pricing, like you said, it it sets it out for a lot of people. Like it it makes it completely inaccessible. So yeah, that's super interesting. I had never really thought like, I want to go to Colorado so bad. Uh, my friend Kendra from the action for Assange crew lives in Colorado and I want to go visit her and just get (laughs) blasted, you know, be fun, you know? So Dan, you mentioned big cannabis. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so sort of the big sort of corporations, like I, I think John Boehner or whatever, he's, he's into, yes. like he's invested. Yeah. I, 
he has like a store. He has a store in my state. I, I I know he has stores in like a variety of different states, but um yeah um so it's just like it's it's sort of you know women and men in suits that are just trying to make a lot of money off it. They don't maybe they've used before, maybe they haven't, but um you know the. They're they're sort of growing this like they're mass producing it. It's not being created with love and care and affection, mm-hmm. and then they're charging you an arm and a leg. Um, in a lot of states, they do this thing called vertical integration, where you have to own all the aspects of the process. And um, the only people that can you know own manufacturing, growing, cultivating, packaging, the only people that can do that are, are people with millions and millions of dollars. And I feel that in a lot of the East, that's how it's sort of regulated, um, you know, with the exception of Maine, which is like a lot of people sleep on. And a lot of people don't realize Maine has been doing cannabis as long as um, the, the West Coast states and mm. um, their, their medical is amazing. Um, it's frequently under like 200 an ounce. Um, there's lots of men and women that grow, you know, there's like people that have storefronts out of their house and stuff. It's very, very like. It's, it's like it's it's like anything you would see in the in the west coast um mm-hmm. but but yeah i mean that's sort of big cannabis um in in our state there um you know we got some pretty big victories for for um drug war victims or whatever like they like they were going to have like a uh period where they they'd be able to do the cannabis delivery for recreational but then these big cannabis firms they're suing saying oh they're they're being caught out of it da, da, da. it's so it's just it's just people in suits that are trying to lock it down for themselves and prevent um cannabis pioneers and people that were in that were thrown in jail for this stuff from from profiting off the new economy so yeah i mean that's, that's, that's big. capitalism baby capitalism <laughs> yeah. capitalism ruins everything like capitalism ruins everything everything it touches it's- You know what pisses me off, though, now that you kind of mentioned like the the victims of the drug war is that we still have people in prison right now for nonviolent weed related offenses when there are, like you said, like 30 some odd states that have medical legalization, 15 states have recreational legalization, and we still have people in prison. That's insane. Let those people out. Like what it. It I that pisses me off so much. Like there are times that <laughs> I rant a lot, um, and there are times that my poor husband has had to listen to me rant for like forty five straight minutes about this. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, can, can we talk about that a little bit? Like, what? Um, you know, what, have you seen anybody talking about that in the activism community, and how you know how we can better fight that? Because that's something I'd be interested in getting involved in, like more heavily. Because that's just fucking nuts. Let's be real. I mean, uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I, from what I've heard in California, they've been handling it a lot better than some other states and surprisingly Illinois too. um, California, they've been using like, I think a computer, computer programs in, in certain cities to wipe out, um, drug convictions and to expunge, um, Illinois, I think the, their governor expunged, like, I, I don't, I don't, I forgot the number. I think it was like a couple hundred thousand um uh cannabis records and in my state um like it's written into law that the that the records must be expunged 
but the people themselves that have those records, they have to do the applying. They have to file the paperwork oh. and mm-hmm. and our gut like this is something a governor can just like I think can do with like the snap of a pen, but like our governor hasn't done that. And he again, he worked in the opposition to legalization. So like he's he's been against it from the jump. And um the people that And who he, is that? Um who is the governor? Um, in Massachusetts, um, he it's uh, Republican Charlie Baker that's the governor. Yeah. Okay, he's like he's like Mitt Romney in a sense, just like same yeah. politics. I have Mike <laughs> Dewine, so don't feel bad. <laughs> Mike Dewine is a nightmare of a human being. Ugh. Well, yeah. <clears throat> speaking of governors, I I'm in New Jersey, so I'm on the East Coast as well, and they're was some sort of legalization law passed here, but it's pretty murky. Do you know anything about that? Uh, and it's under a Democratic governor, Phil Murphy. Um, can you speak to that at all? Yeah, I've been having to, <laughs> I've been having to keep track of that one. Um, and I, um, and some of the cannabis conferences I've gone to, the, um, I've, I've, I've talked with some activists over in in Jersey. Um, um, does does the name um, Leo Bridgewater ring a bell to you or no? It sounds familiar, but I can't. I, I couldn't put my finger on on who that is. Yeah. Um. So he's a vet. He's a, he's a New Jersey um, veteran. So I believe he was the one who put who made it. So I think I think this was during Christie. So um, what's the name? So PTSD had to be like a um, condition or whatever. So he's done a lot of work with with cannabis reform, and he often says that like a lot of the people in in a lot of the lawmakers in Jersey, it's like you you're fighting between people who have either a Jetsons mentality, a future mentality, and then you have people that have a Flintstones mentality. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I mean Jersey, I've been keeping track of them, and they've. Like the the governor, I think Murphy ran on legalization, but then you had holdouts in the legislature. They're like, oh, I, you know, what about the children? Da, da, da. You know, and then you had all this back and forth with them trying to do it through the legislature. And then um, they just kicked it to the ballot. And then I think where they're stuck now is that the they they wanted to it's going to be legal for people over 21, but they wanted in the bill, they wanted to decriminalize it for people under 21, like young adults under 21, so their lives wouldn't be ruined. But then Murphy, from what I've read, was against that, so he vetoed mm. he vetoed it. And I think that's where they're stuck now. They have to iron that part out or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be legalization without home grow, which the lawmakers, they're, they're, like, they're like Flintstones, so they're against it. They think... Oh, people are going to explode their house if they grow their own or whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> like it's meth or something. Uh, can we also talk about how silly it is? Um, what about the children? When you said that, I cracked up because people still, still have this like reefer madness mentality, like where you know if you smoke weed, you're going to turn green and you're going to grow horns, and <laughs> it's insane. It's cr- 
Like we will give our kids um, all kinds of ADHD meds, Ritalin, you name it. I mean, we'll give our kids all kinds of pharmaceuticals, but you talk about treating your kid with uh, weed and people freak the fuck out. Like my kid's autistic. I'm going to talk to her doctor and see if like, she doesn't like struggle a lot, but like she has some anxiety issues and she has, I think that that would be super beneficial for her to be on some kind of like CBD oil or some kind of something, you know what I mean? Um, But there's still this like crazy. And again, it's a lot of it's the generational thing. I think it's a lot of older people who have that mentality. I think most people under like the age of, I don't know, 55 ish, 60. um, Most people are pretty chill on the whole weed issue for the most part. Like there's, you know, an exception to the every rule, but I think it's a, a big time generational thing, but it is so funny. Like, <laughs> have you noticed that that's at least dying off some like at all? Because the whole freak out about <laughs> think of the children <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, um, like one other um, podcast that I listened to, um, they were interviewing um, somebody in Florida about it, and he his name is I believe is Bobby Tuna. So he's a he's a elderly guy who's who's kind of been a pioneer in cannabis. I think he spent some time in jail over it, um, but now he's doing these things called Silver Tours, where he's going around Florida and he's talking to elderly people about the benefits of cannabis and you know how it can help with various ailments and stuff. You know, he's trying to sort of erase stigmas there. And one thing that he said that really blew my mind was that um, in Florida, like even now, like younger people, I want to say the Zoomers or whatever, I think the generation after me, like they, they, like in terms of like where they're applying to college, they're looking at states that have it legal and they're basing, you know, their college plans on that. I thought that was like five years away, but they're... There are kids already doing that now, and um, it's like I, I feel like, like, like you said, uh, people, people fifty and under, like they tend to be fine with it. But it's the people in power that are over fifty-five or so that you know they, they still believe Nancy Reagan's going to come in their sleep and tell them that they're <laughs> they're bad people if they are around it. But yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree with what you're saying that it's like it's generational, and um, once we get more younger people in office, that it's, you know, the progress will will, will come even quicker. I I think it's funny too because my mom has really she has like four different kinds of arthritis, and so when I was a teenager, like she used to get like I would get in trouble and I got for partying and for smoking weed and drinking and all this stuff. And then like, you know, now it's like, Oh, that could help you. (laughs) And you know, they're receptive to it now, which is fun. It's just funny. It's just like a very funny turn of events. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I do think it's a lot of it is generational though, but I, I, you know, it's inevitable. And I think so much of it is, um, that, you know, pharmaceutical companies, alcohol companies, police unions, Police unions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the prison industrial complex. Um, there's a lot of lobbies working against this one issue. And, you know, that's a, a massive undertaking. And you're right, though. They're trying. They want to scoop it all up first. If they can profit off it, they'll be fine with letting you have it. But, you know, they're going to try to scoop up all of the money from that. All of it. Like they're going to try to suck all and they're going to make it all like that terrible corporate mass produced bullshit. Because that's how they make their money. And if they can profit, they're fine. That's all that really matters to them, you know. Yeah. But you're right. 
And the age, can we just, like, the average age of Congress um, hurts us on so many issues, not just this one, because there is such a generational divide. It's really hey, terrible. Stop being ageist. Do something about that. <laughs> um, I am being ageist. <laughs> Look at Dianne Feinstein, Jesse. Are you going to argue with me that she should still be in Congress? Really? She's no, like, I'm what, 91? I'm not, and, I, and, and I, I don't think that the argument you're making is ageist. I think that's, no. that's what people who have some kind of cult of personality fetish for Diane Feinstein. Well, they talk about representation, you. but where, where like, you know, the, where's the young representation for, you, you cannot be 70 years old and think that you know what's best for people in their 30s or <laughs> in their 20s or, you know, it doesn't work. That just doesn't work. I wouldn't go like ask my grandparents um, to tell me how to run life because they, there's a generational divide. That's just natural. And yeah. most of our Congress is really fucking old. Like yeah. lead, like I mean, leadership. seriously, isn't Diane Feinstein like 91? Is that like, right? 91? Is that right? I don't know. I'm looking it up because I'm pretty sure she's, she's that old. Like I late think 80s. she's immortal. I think she is. They like drink the blood of babies or something. I don't know. Hold on. I'm looking her up because I want to know how old she is for real. So, Dan, uh, while Misty looks that up, um, I guess this is a pretty broad or general question, but... She's 87. Sorry. 87. 87. Um, wow. And she's running for another six-year Senate seat. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. She's optimistic. <laughs> yeah, she was against... That's like... terrible. <laughs> That's terrible, but come on, you guys. That's ridiculous. Go home. Retire. Go home. Rest. Yeah, retire. Enjoy the rest of your days. You don't need to work, girl. Go home. Take a load off. Good Lord. Shuff, shuffle off your, your mortal coil in the Bahamas. <laughs> I'm sorry, 87-year-olds. You just shouldn't, shouldn't be in the Senate. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Teach I don't them. think that's unreasonable. They should teach the younger generation or whatever. They should, like, mentor the younger people, not not. Oh, I would power. rather Diane Feinstein not mentor anyone. <laughs> yeah. Just because she's a shitty person, not because she's old. <laughs> well, just, just, just to... Slightly. Sorry, I interrupted your very serious um, question there, Jesse. (laughs) That's okay. I remember what it was. But just to go off on a tangent of what we're talking about here uh, and what, Dan, you just mentioned that they should be mentoring these younger politicians, it's the complete opposite. It's about the older generation of politicians basically putting the younger ones under duress and uh, getting fealty out of them, you know, almost a warship, a, uh, and in a way where they can, they can parade around and say what they want to say that's against Nancy Pelosi, for example, or um, Mitch McConnell, take your pick. But the proof is in the action and there is no action. And I think that connects in a large way uh, to why legalization of marijuana is this, this stymied project that just shouldn't be. Just like Medicare for all, like why can't we change it overnight? What's, what's the big deal? 
What are your thoughts on that? Um, so, I mean, it's it's a variety of things. It's like, I, I think the way that our, our, our government is designed, it's designed so change can happen too rapidly. So, you know, you have the Senate or whatever, which, you know, really, really tiny states like, like Idaho both get two senators. And if they're, if they're very conservative states, those, those people still have a lot of input. So I, I do feel like, I, I mean, I'm not entirely anti-electoral politics, but I do feel that like you have a larger, much larger voice on a state level and a state and a local municipal level than you ever do federally because because of those sort of impediments you have you have i would say in the senate you have tyranny of the minority you have the smaller redder states running the roost you have mitch mcconnell having all this power and um you know unless unless you spend huge amounts of money flipping you know the senate and the house the house of reps is a little bit easier but Unless you spend large amounts of money, like it's it's gonna take it's gonna take a few more years. I do feel, and I did like an episode about this where I do feel that they that there are about fifty one or fifty two votes if they were if they were put to like a Senate vote. I do think I do think a decrim bill could maybe could get to his desk to Biden's desk, but I do I, I wouldn't bank on it just yet, and I don't think it'd be a priority for him because you know he made his career off the drug war, so mm-hmm. he's gonna take he's gonna well, take a and we have time. Senator Joe Manchin who will absolutely vote against that. Yeah, he's uh, he's there. He's like the new heel. He's the new Donald Trump. He's the new Mitch McConnell. Like this is who we're gonna be mad at now. I think is Joe Manchin. He's gonna be that guy. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I actually, I mean, probably the profit of it too, like we said earlier, they want to make sure they can lock it all down first, Jesse. They can't do it overnight. (laughs) They got to make sure they have all the mechanisms of power before they turn it over to the people. Yeah. It, I didn't, it was a serious question, but no, I know. I'm I'm joking. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're, no, you're, no, you're right though. That that's, that is the primary obstacle to it. Um, so I guess my question would, should, should have been phrased as why is it this way? And you answered that as well. Uh, but why does it have to be this way is, is a separate question and probably one I'll be called an idealist for asking, but that's fine. Um, so Dan, you mentioned your show can you tell us about that, your podcast and what basically uh, what you're you're trying to do with it? What kind of information you're trying to spread? Um, so so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make this accessible for average trains, average shows. So when I first became a patient, I, you know, like. I, I would say my first time at a dispensary was like a kid at like the candy store because like <laughs> I wasn't really used to um, going to a dispensary and being able to pick out specific strains. But, you know, that honeymoon like came and went really, really quickly because it was very, very pricey. And, um, you know, a lot of people like, like like Missy was saying earlier, a lot of people, they see the price of, of getting a card. They see the price of the medicine and like, I can't afford this. Insurance doesn't cover it. Um, I'm, this this might be able to help me and, and improve my life, but I, I don't have the money for it. So they, they, they rule themselves out of doing it. But 
there are some people that, you know, if they knew the best way to sort of go about it, the, you know, you know, what, what are, what are good places that they can get their card cards, um, renewed? What are some places that are the cheapest to, to get their card? Um, as well as like, what, what are ways that they can get the most out of what they buy? Like if they buy flour, do, do people know that they can vaporize it and then reuse mm-hmm. the vaporized, um, cannabis and smoke it again or, um, make it into oils or tinctures or whatever? Do people know that? Do, do, um, do people know that, um, yeah, you can make your own edibles, you could make your own pills, um, um, you can use like some places, like depending on what thing you do for a living, like if you're on social security disability or you're, um, your first responder veteran, there are certain discounts that y- you can get. Like some places, like I think for veterans, it's like, I think like 20% off or something like that. Or for seniors, it's like certain percent off. So do people know that stuff? And if they don't, like, how do I make that accessible for them? And then, you know, doing a little bit of um, activism as well. Like, again, like I like I said earlier, I don't think I think the federal federally you there's a much steeper hill to get change. But on a state level, absolutely. You can lobby your governor. You can lobby your state reps. You can lobby the regulatory boards that see oversee medical or adult use in your state. So that's that's kind of what I I get people focused on. to to make it accessible for them and to be you know active participants in getting in sort of draining the reefer madness swamp so to speak mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and i actually once uh, once we uh, uh spoke last week um i've listened to several of your shows and you do a really excellent job of like diving into like each specific state um you know like you you talk about what's going on in pennsylvania this is where you're at this is you know how you can renew your card it's all online like you give people the information all of it that they need to know to be like a truly informed consumer um and so you know i think you do a really good job and i mean like you also talk to people who um benefit from it and their stories and you know it's like it's it's a really uh comprehensive uh show for people who are interested in getting involved in this advocacy or just becoming a patient or a consumer or whatever if you just want to know where your state's at or you know what kind of stuff you can do if you know advocacy wise and who you can contact so um you know kudos to you for doing i mean it really is like a a really comprehensive show i mean i've listened to several of them over the past week and you do a really good job so i mean uh if anybody's interested in um checking out the podcast tell them where they can find it like what all platforms are you on your Twitter handle, all that stuff. So people can check it out. Cause it's re- it really is very um, educational. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I can be found anywhere you find. And th- this is not an, in- this is not an invitation for you, for you to leave. We just want, we want to give you the oh, chance. Oh yeah. To- no, I just want people to know like where they can find it. <laughs> yourself. Promo. Do it, man. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Play Store, iTunes, um, Radio Public, um, I want to say um, TuneIn Radio and High Art Radio and other platforms like it. Um, I, I do YouTube episodes now and again. Um, and we have a Patreon um, as well too. Um I, I can I can probably send links to that as well, but um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm IC Sativa Pod. On um, Instagram, I'm underscore I am Cannabis Sativa, and um, 
yeah, I mean, it can be found anywhere you find podcasts pretty much. Yeah, we can link to all that stuff in the show yeah. notes too. Like we'll make sure everybody can at least find a, a couple. I mean, that's a lot of platforms, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, fi- we'll find, uh, I know I'm on Anchor. You're on Anchor, right? I think that's yeah. where I listen to it, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, my friend Sam, uh, his his show News Dive Radio is on Anchor. So I already had the Anchor app. So I think that's where I listened to it at. Um, so yeah, th- that is a lot of platforms. Go you, get after you. it. so so dan how long would you say you've been a cannabis activist and and have you received any sort of pushback during that time Um, i know i know you mentioned that you that you started smoking in uh high school but you know, when you really started, when the activism really started kicking in, um, and then, you know, have you met any resistance, uh, during your activism? Um, so I, I would say my activism started in earnest. I want to say like four ish years ago. Um, so just after I got my card and, um, just, just a few months after um we my state voted on legalization um so i I would say that's when my my activism started um and and so like i i would say that like i'd say like my like like my family was a little bit sort of reefer madness at first but like um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I told them about CBD and a lot of them have sort of jumped aboard with CBD and mm. stuff like they've seen the benefits of it. Um, the only real resistance that we've gotten has sort of been from the elected officials. Um, like, like again, like a lot of our lawmakers, like the, the governor, he's, he's still against it, even though it's been legal for years. So we were having to fight him. Um, our AG, she's against, she still doesn't really like the plant. Um, a lot of lawmakers, like we have, a, we have some progressive lawmakers in Massachusetts, but like the the centrists, like run this, they run the show, and like they prevent things from being voted on committee. It's very, it's very machine politics in Massachusetts. I would say a lot of the Northeast in general, it's like there's these very entrenched machines that are pretty old fashioned and socially conservative. So even if you have progressive people that you know want to let's say get rid of drug testing for cannabis or want to um you know create a lot of lounges in the state for people to use even if you have people that want to do that the machine sort of politicians they prevent anything like it's their way of the highway so it's it's mostly through the entrenched powers we're seeing resistance um and from who the entrenched powers appoint to sort of run cannabis in massachusetts like uh, i mean we we have like sort of we have put uh, individual regulators on on blast I've, I've done so in my podcast i've worked with other grassroots activists that have larger platforms that are doing the same thing and we did make them play ball to a certain degree we did you know, through through writing to them, through testifying, we did sort of wear, wear away at them and get some wins, but we're still fighting a lot. We're still fighting mostly hostile politicians on a state level. Like that's 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 the fight almost every state, even yes. even in the sort of legal states that have been going at it for a while. You still 
your politicians from top to bottom still have to be drag kicking and screaming. <laughs> I think that's a huge mis- mis- misconception people have because people think, oh, California is so progressive. Like they're so liberal. They're not at all. They are 100% centrist establishment, like machine, like you said, machine politics. I mean, they are completely controlled by Democrats at every level and they can't get anything done progressive. They don't have, I mean, they, they have the fifth largest economy in the world. They can't get health care. Um, they can't, I mean, they have a huge homeless population. Uh, I mean, California is a hot mess and people think it's the same with New York. People think New York is so progressive. It's really not like it, this, the fight in every state is against the machine. Um, you know, it's there. It, I don't think that there is a state too. where that isn't the case. What's that? Mm-hmm. NIMBYs as well, too. They're a huge problem in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yes. It's well, such a problem everywhere. What was that? NIMBY. Like, um, people like, oh, my God, cannabis dispensaries will ruin my property values. Like, not yeah. in my backyard. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's interesting you bring that up because um, where I grew up in Jersey... The, the town next to the one I grew up in, there have been plans for a while for a cannabis production facility to open up. But I mean more in a greenhouse type of way, not a factory. And the people in, like so many people in town have been losing their shit saying, this is going to drive property values down. This is going to attract a certain type of element, you know, <laughs> veiled race, veiled racism, yeah, it's the obviously. Reef madness people. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's interesting that at the same time as it's becoming more, I hate this because it's cliche again, accepted, but at the same time as it's becoming more accepted, it, there's still this sort of virulent, well, I think that happens in anything like any, well, any, well, like any change like that. I think there's always going to be like that generation that freaks the fuck out because, and th- their freak out gets worse the closer it gets to the change because, you know, it's, that's, yeah. that's a hard thing. And, you know, this is one of the, I mean, really like these are people who, you know, reefer madness, like they grew up in a time where, <laughs> You know, seriously, like you would smoke weed and you'd go crazy and kill your whole family or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's. I've heard, I've heard that happens a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And I still think it's funny that like everybody's fine with, with um, alcohol. Everybody's cool with alcohol. Like it's just totally normalized and no, nobody pays it any mind whatsoever. Not that they should, but you know, alcohol right. causes car accidents and it does cause people to get violent and get in fights and domestic violence oh, and child yeah. abuse. And I mean, I, I don't see very many people getting stoned and then like beating their wife, you know, no. <laughs> that's not a thing and, that and- happens, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Do either of you remember that uh, commercial? It was probably about uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago at this point. And so I'm dating myself. I'm 37. I'm not dating myself. I'm giving my age. <laughs> <laughs> but this commercial, it was uh, a, a car full of kids, like a sedan full of I think I remember like the commercial. Four, and they go through a drive-thru yes, yes, and, I and remember they're supposed that. to be stoned and 
on the way out of the drive-thru, they hit a girl, a little girl on her bicycle. And <laughs> I, yeah, I it's remember that. just like this, this total, like, it's like beyond propaganda. It was just right. so ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, at that point I had already started smoking weed. So I, I knew that. It was ridiculous. I had enough knowledge to know that this was. <laughs> This was bullshit. Um, well, just think about the, this is maybe, your brain on maybe drugs. There was some, maybe there was something <laughs> else involved besides weed. But, um, yeah, that kind of, uh, like, hammering unscientific propaganda is is has been that so factor. detrimental, too. And there's still, I think there's still a legacy of that um, that feeds into the, the sort of uh, reefer madness that we've been talking about. And like yeah, all just the, think about the. Do you remember the egg commercial, you guys? This yeah, is your I brain. know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs. Yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. I think now, though, I mean, even just in Hollywood, we're seeing like a sh- like. We, there's a ton of stoner movies now. A ton of them. I mean, they don't. It's not not the great represent like the best representation of stoners. Usually, it's usually people getting high and sitting around on a couch acting like idiots. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, at yeah. least it's become a there thing be- that. There could be better ambassadors than James Franco and, and yeah. Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rogen's the guy that has the most annoying laugh in the world, right? Is that the guy? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, like one of those guys, his laugh, like I, it makes me want to like pull my ears off my head. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I don't know why. <laughs> on the Seth Rogen tip, I was in a restaurant, this vegan restaurant in, uh, in New York once called Blossom. It's actually very good. I don't know if it's still around. I don't know if it, if it took a hit during COVID, but um, I recommend it. It's 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 like bougie vegan food, so it's definitely like for a special night out. Right. Um, anyway, the one time I went there to uh, have dinner with my uncle, we were in the middle of eating our meals, and I heard Seth Rogen's laugh. Mm. <laughs> which is unmistakable, uh, almost mm-hmm. insufferably so. Mm-hmm. And there he was. <laughs> wow. Five, four, five tables away uh, at this at this vegan restaurant and uh, kind of holding court over the over his table like his everybody was entranced by Seth Rogen, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's an important point I wanted to bring up during this discussion. And <laughs> thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, is it more annoying in person? <clears throat> the laugh? It, is it more? Is it? Because it's, it's, it's the I'm same. glad it's not just me that thinks that because I felt yes. bad for a long time. But then apparently a lot of people think his laugh is annoying. So I feel better about it. Yeah. It's about it's about the same okay. uh, in real life. Uh, so I just I, know I, if like maybe it was louder because you're there and like it's oh, it's loud it's yeah. it's it's unmistakable it's it's like a like a I don't know why it bothers me so bad but oh it's terrible yeah. it really is one of the worst sounds <laughs> so like yeah you know, is it worse than um what's the name Fran Drescher the nanny <laughs> oh, oh. Um, oh yeah I think so <laughs> really yeah I think so uh because I to... I get the comedy from hers, so it changes it. 
His is just his laugh. Like that was a character she was playing and that was part of the bit. So I get the comedy, but his is just his laugh. So I find that to be more annoying. Yeah. Personal. Well, you know who has the best laugh? Politi- politi- polit- politically, I, I despise uh, Fran Drescher. I don't know her uh, politics, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't she's, she's, <laughs> She's. It's weird she's that you know that. <laughs> she's essentially a Zionist. Well, in 2014, when Israel was once again slaughtering Gazans, uh, she was on Twitter or got it, got some it, social it. media platform, uh, basically excreting her undying support nonsense. for Israel. Yeah. So. Got it. So that. That colors my my bias toward her, but I, I think you. rightly so. Yeah. Um, um, do you want to know who has the best laugh, though, in my opinion, or one of the best laughs? Honestly, oh, if it's not Tim Curry, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais has yeah. a great laugh. He's <laughs> yeah. a great laugh. He really does. Yeah. Like, I used to listen to the – he's kind of a douche canoe now, um, but he uh, – I used to listen to the Ricky Gervais show all the time, and his laugh is amazing. <laughs> the best go look it up so fun to listen to now i want to go listen to the ricky gervais show <laughs> for real sorry i don't know yeah. how did we get how did this even start uh talked about people's laughs i don't know i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to go back and watch the this segment to see how we got down this rabbit hole okay. um back on track so dan what plans do you have for the future uh, with regard to your activism and uh, yeah like what's coming up the legalization the 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 I'll put that in quotes because it's not really legalization but the progress that's being made in a sense uh, you talked earlier in the show about the number of states um, that have legalized or decriminalized um, what, as far as your activism, what, what do you have planned and, and, and what, what do you see for the future? I'm not asking you to make a prediction, but, um, just what's your intuition? Well, um, so, I mean, we've been focusing a bit more on like, um, I, or I specifically have been focusing a bit more on sort of quant- quality over sort of quantity. Um, I, I still do news stories, stories when I can do them. Um, I'm still sort of talking about like states that, you know, are on the precipice of doing it. Like I'm still like, I, I believe that New York will probably get it done this year. And, um, what's the, what's the name? Um, isn't Virginia close to, No, yeah, Virginia. Yeah. So might, might be, I mean, so I, I think Virginia and New Mexico are, like if I were to bet money, I think those two states are going to do it this year. New York is a maybe for me, but um, but it's getting those like remaining states that are still loose, like you know, in, into the fold, making sure that they don't big cannabis everything. Um, I I do already see that in New York, which I'm not liking, but um, but yeah, just sort of sort of getting the remaining states over the hump. Um, I, I and. Like, I, I try to focus on other cannabinoids as well. Like, CBD, you can get, like, you can get most, you can get shipped to your door most states. There's other sort of cannabinoids like CBG, um, CBN, 
um, all of which are made from from hemp, which people can get shipped even if they don't live in a sort of legal state. So helping people that don't really live in in, in states where they're going to get medical or recreational anytime soon, making sure that they're included has been sort of a focus of this year. And um, um, yeah, I mean, just sort of predicting the next few states and making sure the next few states do it with people that like the plant and like the people that use the plant in mind. That's kind of sort of my goal. And mm-hmm. hopefully getting this podcast like big enough that, um, you know, we can go on tour. We can go, I can go and, and meet other, go to other MMJ or adult use states, talk about our message. Um, you know, trying to, trying to get sort of like big with this podcast, like, you know, like, like the awesome people of like street fight and stuff like that. Trying to, trying to just grow what we're doing. Well, that's really the battle for all of us. I mean, like, especially this year, especially with Joe Biden, I think all of us are going to be battling for narrative, um, just getting our message out. I mean, there's we're going to see a huge crackdown on censorship. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we're our, we've been seeing it. I mean, this is nothing new, but it's going to explode. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be um, a battle for all of us, I think, moving forward this year, especially. Um, it's going to be a huge crackdown over this next year. Like next year to two, I think is going to be really bad um, as far as censorship goes. So that's really going to be, you know, the front line of all of our other fights because as i say all the time people i'm sure are tired of hearing me say it but you cannot fight for anything else unless you have the ability to get your information out there and it doesn't matter what your issue is doesn't matter if you want health care or 15 dollars an hour or legalized uh anything <laughs> i mean <laughs> sex work weed whatever doesn't matter you're not going to be able to fight for any of those things um, unless you have the ability to spread information. So, yeah, that's going to be a big fight. So good luck to you on that, my friend, because <laughs> that could be, that could be I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's going to be uh, a really difficult thing. Maybe they'll leave you alone. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe they'll leave. You might have a couple years, maybe. <laughs> They're going to start cracking down on, on independent media first, immediately. Facebook has already sort of been bad with like cannabis. Like they they shut down cannabis pages like all the time on Facebook slash Instagram. Like uh, mine's like I was supposed to do a raffle like last month in December, but then they shut my page down. They're like, oh, you violated the TOS, and they're like, what? I'm like, what did I do wrong? No, you just violate. You're the reasons why we suspend accounts or whatever. So I had I had to re- had to start, reboot my Instagram account, which. I, I, in, in just a month, I got it to half of what it was before. But like, um, people have gotten their things removed. At like, like I'm, I'm lucky I didn't have like tens and thousands of followers. But people have gotten removed over like when they had twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand. Like, yeah. I know someone who had to start. He had to do. Had to start their account like seven times because Facebook. They're very anti-cannabis, and so I'm, I'm prepared. That for doesn't surprise me. That I, honestly, like, that doesn't really surprise me. Like, Facebook is like that. Um, the reefer madness <laughs> person, <laughs> you know, like that's what it reminds me of. Of all the like social media tech giants, like Facebook is like the, you know, get off my lawn guy. You know, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Just me. They're real they bad. Don't a lot of uh, Silicon Valley folks microdose with oh, acid for sure. and <laughs> shrooms 
Are you kidding me? How do you think that uh, like Steve Jobs and Wozniak came up with? They were they were high as kites, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mean, you look you look at one of the maybe it was the original Apple logo that's multicolored. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's an acid trip right there. They got the oh, bite yeah. taken out of it too, you know. Yeah, but now they're respectable businessmen and they're, you know, very powerful and they have, listen, these people have too much fucking power. They They have too much fucking power. Like Mark Zuckerberg Zuckerberg should not have that much power. Take it away from him now. Do it now. I don't know why this is a conversation we're having. Oh my God, it's so bad. It's so bad, you guys. Oh, and people are just like cheering it on. Here we go. Mark Zuckerberg is going to have control. Did you you know that when he, he bought the house, he currently lives in he That's bought the houses surrounding it mm-hmm. so really? he could safeguard yeah. his privacy yeah mm-hmm. uh wow. this is he's a creep like he's weird he creeps me out frog-faced man child who shows up to congress and pretends to care about our privacy as he's not only sharing it with anyone and everyone but making money off of it and he has the money from doing that to not only buy a mansion but buy up all the surrounding mansions what a disgusting person and the fact that he's still in any kind of position of power and still running any kind of successful company is just a testament not only to capitalism but where this country is and where it's headed and because of that, I fear for cannabis legalization overall in a bit. I feel like we're going to go over the precipice before we even get a chance to make that progress. But that could just be me being pessimistic. So can I tell you um, about my favorite, one of my favorite memes? And no surprise, it will have Julian Assange in it. But there's a meme that says, has a picture of Julian Assange and it says, hi, I'm Julian Assange. I give private information on corporations and government to you for free. And the media calls me a criminal. And then it has a picture of Mark Zuckerberg and it says, hi, I'm Mark Zuckerberg. I give your private information to corporations and government for money. And the media called me man of the year. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it right there. Julian Assange um, is trying to provide uh, transparency for the powerful and privacy for the person. And we demonize them. And that's our society, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you I don't know if you remember when when Mark Zuckerberg appeared before Congress. I and do. I forget what I forget which Congress person it was, but he asked how Facebook makes money. And before Mark Zuckerberg could answer through advertising, this sort of cackle broke out through the crowd like what a stupid question and these are like how do you expect people like that to hold somebody like mark zuckerberg those people don't have any when they they don't have the basic they don't have the basic knowledge of how things work and i think that transfers over uh to cannabis as well like we were talking about earlier like they don't problem yeah they don't they don't get it they don't want to get it they're I too old to they get it. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Sorry if I'm ageist again, but I don't care. You well, cannot yeah. teach old dog new tricks. These are not people who are like in the learning phase of life and like, oh, we're going to try something new here. No, that's not how that works. I know enough old people to know that's not how it works. <laughs> you know? Like we had Sorry. our 
we had our governor like um when when the pandemic first started um he 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 shut down the adult use recreational dispensaries i think we were the only state that shut it down and his excuse was because oh well massachusetts has a lot of people from other states coming in we have people from new york jersey you know um pennsylvania coming in we have to shut it down you you could have just kept it to people within the state you know and yeah. you had the authority to do that and again it was he wanted to he wanted to take vengeance one last time on us legalizing and a lot of people like veterans um people that work like federal jobs they don't get a card because like they're like getting a card could like expose their privacy and they can lose that job so they go to the adult use dispensaries and they get their medicine like um like like a person who has a card but the politicians they don't want to understand that they don't want to get that like so he just he closed it down for I want to say two months, and the medical ones were still open, but a lot of veterans, a lot of people not on the rolls were not able to access medicine because of this misunderstanding and this misconception. That's actually a really Jesse. We should talk to Danny about that about um, you know medical marijuana and veterans because that's like a yeah. really. Um, to me, that's like one of the best arguments for legalizing it because, um, you know, a lot of, we, I mean, as many times as we've talked to Danny and talked about all of the unbelievable things that they deal with and the trauma and the PTSD and the anxiety and all that stuff, like this could be a huge um, uh, benefit for them. So, I mean- that yeah. that would be a, a good conversation to have with Danny. I think Danny shares in, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk to him plenty, but we should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan, if, if, if you don't know Danny shares already, uh, his last name is spelled S J U R S E N. Uh, but he's a retired vet and he was in both, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and he's very, anti- he's amazing. And, uh, doing a lot of great work, a lot of writing, a lot of speaking against the U.S.'s forever wars, and uh, yeah, we haven't we've we've talked to him a few times, but we we've never probed the issue of uh, ma- uh, medical marijuana use or marijuana use in general uh, among For veterans. Us. So, yeah. I just think that would be an interesting conversation to see because, I mean, Dan's right. Like they have to worry about because I think in some states, can't you get your your like your weapons taken away from you? Um, yeah. If you you're a met, if you're a, if you're a patient. I mean, that's to me, that's crazy, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's nuts. Yeah, there are. I think there are a few states that do protect that right. But most states, you can't have both. Yeah. And that would be a problem for veterans. And this could really help veterans. Like that seems like such an arbitrary thing. Like just because you have weed in your house, you're allowed to have alcohol in your house and a gun. So why can't you have weed in your house and a gun? That doesn't make any sense. That's mm-hmm. completely ridiculous. Again, I've never heard of anybody getting stoned and like shooting their neighbor. I've never heard of that. Has it happened? I'm sure. I'm sure there have been people who've been high at the time. Um, and, you know, something else happened that, you know, for whatever reason, I'm sure. No, no question. But it, it's like a completely ridiculous uh, dichotomy. Alcohol's fine. Weed's not. 
And I know that a lot of veterans would never in a million years give up their ability to have a firearm in their house, even if it meant Mm -hmm. that they could have medicine that would help them with what they're dealing with. And that, to me, that seems like that, that's a problem. Like we should, I'm more concerned about giving them the medicine that would benefit them. Cause I have no doubt that that would be helpful for so many veterans, right? Yeah. It's like a no brainer. And, and it's, it's interesting to, to kind of tie into that. If you look at Trump's pardon list, his final pardon list, how many, and I think, Ugh. Pardoning drug offense. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Donald Trump, Um, you're a pussy. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) But he pardoned a lot of so-called drug offenders. And I think rightfully so. I think they're victims of the war on drugs and and should not be uh, rotting away in what's generously called a prison system. It's really a slave system. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you look at the drug offenses, they were at least the ones that are listed. There are some pardons that are described where they say a person has been, this person was in jail for 29 years, but is remorseful for their crime. So we're letting them go, but they don't tell you what the crime is. You don't go, you're not in jail for 29 years for next to nothing you know that's probably a serious violent crime but maybe not but anyway the point being if you look at the drug offenders who were pardoned all of the ones i read dealt with exclusively almost exclusively uh cocaine crack and methamphetamine and Nothing. Maybe there is there was something in there about uh, a cannabis that I missed, but you were talking about that dichotomy, Misty, that paradox. Why? Why is it if if you're pardoning people who've uh, offended with drugs like these? Why is weed so bad? You know, you're letting people go with who've had serious charges uh, leveled against them uh, with regard to to drugs that are not beneficial in any way. Uh, Drugs that are, you know, used um, very uh, promiscuously and although they can be fun. Um, But they are legitimately dangerous. Like you can die. You're not going to die from getting high. I, I, I just. I, I just think, and and Dan, maybe you can comment on this, but I just think that speaks uh, even more to where we're at psychologically, uh, uh, collectively, with regard to our perception of marijuana. That yeah, it's fine to pardon people who are in jail for doing meth and coke and crack, or not doing it, possessing it, or selling it, or having the intent to sell it. Um, and again, I, I think I, I don't think those people should be in should be in jail for for doing that. I think there's there's a better way as a community we could handle that. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to sort of the um, the the stigma that's held on on cannabis. It's like 
I, I do feel that like like a, a lot of times with the right, I do feel that it's like a it's a cultural thing. They feel that alcohol is the drug that real Christian white people do. You know, swigging whiskey or beer. That's that's what real adults do. <laughs> and um, that sounds so ridiculous, but you're right. <laughs> 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 I had never thought of that, but you're right. Oh boy. Yeah. I do I do real think that's men, a play. Real real men get blotto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I also think that those people also I mean, I know you're talking about the public perception of those pardons, Jesse, but those people bought their pardons. I mean, if we would have had a couple million dollars to throw at Donald Trump, we probably could have gotten Julian Assange pardon. Maybe not, though, because they did threaten him with indictment. So it's possible that he still wouldn't have had, I don't know, money. I don't I don't I don't know the the, the specifics, uh, the financial specifics. I just read most of those people bought their the pardons. I can tell you list. that. Yeah. Definitely. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I would say that that's uh, for sure. You know, be cool if we would have had a couple million dollars to throw at him, but no. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's that's such a that's so funny though that the right actually, and and it really isn't even just the right. Like that's that's a cultural thing in this country. Like we, and it's weird too because like we we've already had like prohibition, um, and then we still have this like national perception that, you know, it's like hot dogs and beer, you know, it's like, it's, it's American. Like we really do think of it as American, like Budweiser. It's like the big giant flag and it's like Budweiser. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. very, beer has been turned into like a national symbol almost, you know, through like Budweiser, Bud Light, that kind of a thing. Um, but specifically Budweiser. Um, but like even Coors, like they have their very like patriotic stuff and the mountains in the background, the Colorado, uh, the Rocky Mountains. And, you know, it, it has like, that's kind of weird. I've never thought about it that way, but it's be it, beer has turned into a sort of like a national pastime. It's like, like I said, hot dogs and beer and football and baseball and apple pie. It's, that's that's an interesting thing to think about because it really has kind of become like just this normalized part of culture um, in this country. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I yeah, feel yeah. That. I agree. As I'm drinking a beer, um. <laughs> is it Budweiser? <laughs> no. Okay, I was gonna say if it's Budweiser, it's got to have a flag on it. Oh, I like beer. that Narragansett. Yeah, Narragansett. I don't think I've tried yeah. it. It's actually the beer that is it dark. Uh, no, oh, it's no, the it's lager. Light. It's oh, okay. It's it's really, it's not like a it's not a light beer per se, but it's yeah. I'm very not a fan drinkable. of like light. Yeah. No, it's 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 very drinkable and tasty. Here I am doing a plug for Narragansett, but um, <laughs> can I plug WikiLeaks then? Since I'm holding my WikiLeaks cup. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fun fact is that Narragansett is oh, the beer the, oh, that. Just, did you, you missed it, Jesse? Look. He's got a free assault. Oh, that's my excellent. man. Yeah. Yes. Nice. He's right back there. Right there. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> that's still um, such an awesome painting. Y'all. You painted still doing that? Justice. No, my friend. Okay, so I'm going to plug her too. Artsy Marxist. So it's um, capital A, Artsy, underscore, capital M, Marxist um, on Twitter. 
Uh, she's an amazing artist. Um, she has a, a, a new website that her partner got her for Christmas. Um, and she sells on a couple different websites, but she is an, a supremely talented artist. And I commissioned that from her, I don't know, a few months ago. And I like I, I've posted pictures of it on Twitter, but I'm not kidding. Pictures don't do it justice. It's beautiful. It's so good. Um, so go check out her artwork for real, for real. She's a comrade. Awesome. Go help her out. Awesome. Yeah. Dan, uh, be, before we wrap up, because we've had you for almost an hour and a half now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Trespass <laughs> on too, mo too, more of, uh, too much more of your time. One of the things uh, you mentioned in your bio is about dosing with cannabis. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I... Um, so it, it really depends. Um, a lot of times um, I, what I do is I, I buy um, CBD sort of trim, like it's sort of like the odds and ends of it. Um, I, have, I have this sort of machine that can like, like can process it and then turn it into, in, infuse CBD oil with it. Um, so I, I, I do that. Um, I make the CBD coconut oil and then I, I, I put them into my own sort of capsules Usually I'll take about like um, maybe five or so capsules and that gets me through sort of the whole day. I'm pretty productive through the whole day. Um, I don't know how many like milligrams that is, but there is this app. I think it was developed in Canada or whatever, but um, United States and people all over the world can use it. I think it's called Strain Print. Um, mm -hmm. So every time you like have a session or whatever, you 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 record it in so you record what strain you use you record whether you puffed you inhaled it or whether you use pills and then you know it's kind of like a mini journal it's, it's it's an app that's pretty easy to use um but i mean i i use that whenever i can use that and you know i'm keeping track of which strains i like which ones worked um, I, I mean, I don't have specific numbers because um, I don't really have like a lab to be able to do that. But um, I'm, I'm pretty cognizant of the chem of ours and the strains that work for me. And I, I, I sort of log in in that app. That's super interesting. Like, I, and, like that's really cool. Yeah. And, and how important would you say that is going forward for people to be to be mindful of the strains they're they're smoking, uh, the amount they're smoking. Would you say that the uh, science on that, the numbers on that, should be uh, homed in on more? Uh, there should be more data on that, or do you feel it should be kind of how it is now, where you it's you know, it's hit or miss. You, you, it's trial by error. Uh, what's your take on that? Um, ideally, I would like it so like people would be able to track like specific doses and stuff. But like as it stands now, like with with with, with the movement towards legalization and towards acceptance, it's it's still pretty slow. It's still pretty gradual. Um, a lot of doctors. They're not really. They're not taught about the endocannabinoid system in 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 med school. Um, they don't broach on that, and um, because you know it's still federally illegal. 
So a lot of doctors, they still sort of treat cannabis users as sort of drug addicts. Like I don't really, I, I don't really talk to about cannabis with my my primary care doctor because I don't I don't feel she's gonna have that much acceptance of it. I'm, I'm sure she knows that I do it, but like I I I, I kind of want to wait to really talk about it until until when it becomes federally legal and you know doctors are having to sort of learn about it. They're having to go back and 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 be educated on it because it's federally legal but i don't feel we're at that sort of time yet so i've just been sort of tracking it through 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 apps um i've had um i've had a episode uh, i want to say it was like the second year of this podcast where we where i talked with the um, florida medical cannabis doctor um he's worked with like athletes he knows athletes um both on the collegiate level and the pro level um, but yeah, like he's, 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 he's taught, he's talked about much of this with, with, you know, doctors not really being educated on it because they're not really taught, mm. taught about it. But I think for now we're going to have to sort of use those apps and, you know, keep track of it ourselves until the doctors sort of catch up. Yeah. yeah. That's actually an interesting part I'd never really thought about. Cause we're going to have to like, uh, re-educate doctors, nurses, pharmacists, um, you know, and, and the people too. And, you know, the, um, uh, anti-surveillance state part of me is like, no, you don't track anybody. No, 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 no tracking. But the other part of me, like the love science, like that's, and I think it would be also very super helpful for people. I mean, then you don't have to kind of hit or miss it yourself. You can look at the data and say, this is what this strain does. This is what it helps with. Um, but is it also kind of subjective too? Like, doesn't it, I mean, kind of affects people in different ways and it's sort of, you know, um, just how you personally react. So I guess it's kind of, you know, one of those things where it's hit or miss either way. But um, yeah, like that's that's a really interesting point that we really are going to have to re-educate our entire medical profession. <laughs> 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 like that's going to be a whole other um, mountain to climb. Like that's intense. Um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, because that that was a question I wanted to ask earlier that I forgot about uh, how much of your activism involves talking to medical professionals, to doctors, et cetera, uh, uh, who are in a position to to possibly prescribe cannabis as as a medical alternative to something else. Uh, do you often talk to doctors or is it is it quite hard to gain access to them because of the the stigma um so i know a couple of um um cannabis doctors um one one had reached out to me um at the i want to say like the first year of our podcast like we 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 interviewed him um doctor doctor wayback of um of Boca Raton, Florida, we, we talked with them for a bit, and I, I learned a lot through that. Um, so there's some other doctors that I, I talked to on Twitter too that are, you know, that other that other friends have have told me about, and um, I want to try to get those people on. But um, um, I think there's one doctor I'm trying to think of his name, um, but he's a friend of the show, um, Doctor Mike. Um, he he was saying that um, like in his practice in Florida that um, he has sort of like a doobie scale, um, so to speak. So he <laughs> like 
he asks people what like their experiences are with it and like if they if they're like oh we, i haven't used in <laughs> so wait is this like the happy face scale is this what you're like is that what you're talking about like I, I like for kids like the one is like i feel sick and the 10 is i feel great is that is it kind of like that like i give this strain three doobies is that what this is um <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a, I, I guess it's like that in a sense. Like, that's I think it's, like my new favorite thing, if that's what that is. That's the best. Um, I think it's, <laughs> I think he, it's like gauges experience level. So like a zero on the doobie scale is like, oh, I haven't done it in decades. And then like a, oh, a okay. 10 is like, I, I use free, I use every day or every other day. So I think that zero is, scale. zero is a Bill Clinton. I inhaled. I I didn't inhale. I didn't like it. I never did it again. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what the leaders my entire life have said. From him to and then Bush did like cocaine and alcohol and like yeah, oh, yeah. he was a fucking was party boy. Straight up. But Obama, uh, I think that's boy. actually not to get too far off to what we, you were just talking about. But Obama, I mean, he did the whole I inhaled. You know, like that was a breakthrough I did it frequently. point. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, like that. I mean, that was kind of a breakthrough point to have a president admit out loud that they, you know, smoked weed. Like that's yeah, that's a turning there. You know. Anyway, start, continue. What should, you were talking. He should start. He should start doing it again, and you know, maybe there will be no more drone strikes on wedding parties and oh. American <laughs> citizens. But fuck that guy. Sorry. It's up to you, Mr. Obama. Yeah, didn't he get kicked uh, out of like Disneyland for doing it? I think there was like a news story or whatever. Like he, like there's, there's like, uh, a, I have to look at. That I don't later. know. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look that up later. Wouldn't it be great if uh, if kids who went to Disneyland they had the the knowledge of what Obama's done around the world, what he did when he was president, how many lives he ended, how many lives he deported. And they saw him walk into Disneyland and just screamed and fled the scene. <laughs> like they, like they realized him for the monster he is. That should be just, normal. Like that should be as, real life. Just as Bush Jr. is is a monster, and uh, Trump's a monster too. But yeah, yeah, it would be great to see. I I don't know why, but it would it would I think it would be most. Well, it might be most funny with Bush Jr. But no, well, yeah, would be comedy funniest. wise, yes. But the yeah. most satisfying would be Obama for me. Yeah, yeah. Because Junior so. probably wouldn't even know what was going on. Let's be real; that would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. Where y'all going? Where y'all going? But Obama, Obama, that would hurt. That man is nothing but ego, and he that would bother him. And I would yeah. enjoy that very much. He's, he's so that concerned yeah. about his. His his legacy that he had. His a, image and his. Oh. He's despicable, despicable human being. Slavery in Libya now because of him. Oh, absolutely! I'm so glad you brought that up because that's a point I've been making on Twitter again and again when it's relevant. That not only was he the first uh, Black American president, but as the first Black American president, he returned slavery to the African continent. And that is just such a despicable, an atrocious irony. And it's the truth, though. So I'm glad you brought up that point about Libya, because that 
maybe we can hit on that with uh, Danny tomorrow, but that doesn't that doesn't get enough attention, um, especially with regard to Obama's legacy. And um, I think then you can extrapolate from there why we're so stymied with regard to full on cannabis legalization, because even the people who pretend to be honest actors who pretend to be progressive who say they're going to bring a sea change they don't mean it and it's because of that that legalization continues to get stonewalled even while there is some indication of progress it it, it continues to get stonewalled and uh Maybe we, we have to look outside of politicians for some kind of legalization measure, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to see what the future brings. But Dan, are you hopeful with regard to uh, legalization? Um, so I, what I do think will happen this year, I do think that they're going to be able on a bipartisan basis to push through sort of banking reform. Um, with cannabis, um, cannabis um, organizations and businesses can't utilize traditional banks because of um, the federal illegality. Um, there are some Republicans that are pro um, allowing that bill to get voted on. So I do think, I do think something like that will get to Biden's desk. Um, I also think maybe at the ending of the year they might have a vote on you know like the states act or de- some or clean decriminalization or something like that i don't think it'll be wide sweeping like full on legalization but i do think something like that might get to this desk but it's going to be very very sort of competitive it's good that 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 decrim vote i think there'll barely be enough votes maybe 51 52 senators vote yes and then it gets to mm. his desk um, cause I, I've, I've looked through the records of most of the senators and, um, like my, my neighboring state, New Hampshire, um, like even though, I mean, it's a purple state for the most part, it's Republican ran, but you know, they, they have been voting for Democrats the last few election cycles, but it's still very politically divided. And even the Dems there, like they're, they're very anti, like the Dem, one of the Dem senators, she um, she was governor and she was very sort of anti-cannabis as governor. So I don't I don't know if she'll be a yes vote. I don't know if her other colleague will be a yes vote either because um, they take cop union sort of money as well, too. And um, but, yeah, you have a lot of sort of complications with a lot of senators, too. Like you might you have some Dems are going to say no, you you know, you're going to need some Republicans like Rand Paul or whatever. So I do think, I do think there'll be some modest gains this year, but nothing too, too big. Well, modest gains are better than none, I would say. But I agree. I think it's going to be a progress is going to be made, but it's going to be a Sisyphus-like effort on the part of people like us who are in favor of complete legalization. It's going to be, I think, as you said, it's not going to happen in a year. It's going to be a number of years, unfortunately. But 
Um, do you feel like we're headed in the right direction? I think we are. Um, you know, Biden has been a drug warrior his entire sort of life. And um, for him to even say, fine, it will do decrim. Like that's, that's, I, I feel like that's a win by itself. There's enough pressure. Um, in a lot of the swing states that, that the Dems flipped, um, you know, I think Michigan, um, Pennsylvania, you have hundreds and, 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 and I think the, the Dems didn't win Florida, but like between those three states I just listed, there are hundreds and thousands of medical marijuana patients within those states. So, you know, even if cannabis isn't their number one issue, like I, I feel like as, 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 as the years go on, people are people are going to be holding their politicians to this and to getting reform on this because even if people are in patients in those states or you, they, they, their family might know someone who's a patient like there's 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 strengthening numbers nowadays and i do mm-hmm. i do feel that that's gonna hum it along um the continued pressure and the continue um people you know knowing people that use it and have, being a voter base that can deny people power i guess Right. I absolutely agree. I think you're you're spot on with that. And I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, don't want to take up uh, any more of your time. Uh, but thank you for being generous with your time. Yes. It's a great conversation, Dan. And it's a great um, conversation, Misty and Jesse. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you for yeah. coming on. Um, need- one more time. Tell everybody what the podcast is called just so that they can find it on whatever the platform is that they happen to use. Sure. Um, it's the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. We can be found on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Store, um, uh, Radio Public, and um, iHeartRadio. Um, we can be found on, on most, if if not all, the platforms. Um, I can be found on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. I can be found at our new Instagram um, at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa. Hopefully they don't shut it down again, but we'll we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. And it really is, um, uh, you know, like I said, I've only had a chance. I mean, we just talked last week, so I've only had a chance to listen to, you know, maybe uh, 10 to 12 episodes or so. But it really is um, educational, informative. Like I've learned a lot already just listening to it. Um, You do a really good job of making sure you hit all of the key and critical points so that people can be informed in whatever their state happens to be, wherever they're at in their process. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a show worth checking out. So everybody, um, whatever platform you use to check out your podcast, go look it up um, and take a listen to it because it is really good. Awesome, and I and I, I enjoy you, what you guys do too. I've been watching um, the episodes. Thank I watched you. I watched the one that I think Fiorella was on or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was a really my girl. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. V. V is She's a fighter. Great. V is fantastic. So yeah, but thank you. Thanks for checking out the show, and thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. And yeah. um, you know, we're, we're happy to have you back on anytime. If there's any new developments or anything you want to, um, you know, pitch or you know, promote or whatever, um, we like independent media, and we like. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm only speaking for myself here, but I like what you're doing. So um, thank you. Yeah, we're happy to have you back on thank anytime. You. Anytime. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's. There are definitely going to be developments in the future, so it'll it would be uh, excellent to talk to you again about those developments when they occur. So, uh, Dan Scotland, uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, for those who've who've been watching, 
uh, or who missed the intro, uh, Dan is the host of the Cannabis Sativa podcast. Uh, it's an indie populist advocacy oriented podcast that discussed it, that discusses not disgusted discusses <laughs> cannabis news and politics as well as in-depth medical and scientific discussion of various ailments and diseases that are uh, amenable to cannabis treatment. Uh, additionally, Dan interviews uh, everyday people like ourselves uh, about their medical cannabis journeys and their preferred methods of ingestion and he provides tips on how to treat specific illnesses that he's gleaned on uh, from his own experience and also from, uh, again, speaking with these everyday people. Um, so definitely check out uh, Dan on Twitter uh, or whatever your preferred platform is. Definitely check out the Cannabis Sativa podcast. And Dan, thank you again for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You have a good one. You too. Thank you, Dan, so much. Appreciate it. Thank Just you. Just stopped recording. Okay. But yeah, thank you so yeah. much, Dan. That, that was a really that good was great. conversation. Yeah, that was thank fun. You. Cool. All, okay. right. We'll get, All right. We'll be in touch. We'll have you back on. We'll be in touch. All right. All right, cool. Take care, Talk Dan. to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am canvas sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC sativa podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 and above tier if you are feeling extra generous. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave a voice message on anchor and you can do this by going to H https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash 65TG2NR. Again, that is HTTPS colon slash slash discord dot GG slash 65TG2NR. Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp based products. You can check them out by the link HTTPS colon slash BIT dot LY slash 33FKRV9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.